Hey, this is Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum. We've got another mini episode here for you. Uh, we've got a caller on the phone. We've got Paul. Say hi, Paul. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, Paul is the guy who wrote us the topic for last week. Uh, he he works at Gibson, and he was asking us what we thought about the 2015 price increases and feature changes and just uh, you know everything that's going on over at Gibson for 2015. And so he's going to kind of help clear stuff up, you know, give us a different perspective on what's going on over there and the future of, you know, guitar design is basically the topic that we're going over. So uh, how, what do you want to talk about, Paul? Let's get started. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty good week so far. Um, you know, just kind of went to work, came home, ate, my folks came over for dinner and... Uh-huh. I've uh, I've been thinking about a lot of jazz guitar lately. I actually was learning some chords from a guy today at work. Nice. So things with me, I guess, guitar wise, kind of change every couple days, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to focus on some jazz stuff actually, and uh-huh. I've never done a lot with it. And you know, to me, jazz is a little bit more difficult. So I'm going to try to right, you know, wrap my head around that some more. But <laughs> it's, but it's things are going good. It's difficult in some ways, but in other ways, like all you got to do to play jazz is just play a bunch of wrong notes and you're there right well yeah exactly like, you know, <laughs> kind of play some wrong notes that sound diminished or something yeah totally <laughs> um, so yeah, i'm trying to grab my head around things and i know i know a pretty good deal of theory you know the basics of chord structure i'm just trying to kind of right. adapt that to uh, jazz stuff so yeah i, I did yeah. a little uh, fake jazz band with a uh, friend of the show adam powell but that was like a big joke oh, yeah it was a big joke and kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to that today. I was listening back to that episode, the uh, empanadas and something. <laughs> yeah, empanadas and mimosas. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so what do you do over at, at Gibson? You said that you work for Gibson, but uh, and you said you work for Memphis, Gibson Memphis. Yeah, Gibson Memphis. Uh, they do all of the ES series of guitars, which are you know ES three thirty five. ES339, Blue Seals, gotcha. anything that's semi-hollow or uh, hollow-body electric. Right. Um, we got to work there in final assembly. As a, my title is an adjuster, uh, which is basically putting on the bridge, the tunematic bridge, uh, shaping the nuts, and making sure the slots are all good. Uh, then stringing it up and you know doing the measurements, giving it a factory setup, and playing all the notes real quick and doing a little string bending and sending out the door. So, so yeah. you, get, you get to have fun with all the, the really nice guitars right before they go out the door. You you, well, but, yeah, you mean, button them up and you're the first one to play them. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I can't sit there for, you know, 10 minutes each on each guitar, but, you know, I can play a few riffs here and there to uh, kind of entertain some of the tourists that come around. <laughs> <laughs> do they do tours so, while you're working? Like people yeah, come by? Yeah. They do, I think from like 11 to 5, yeah, they do uh, tours, um, got about three or four tour guides, and I think it's supposed to be like a 45-minute tour, I think, and I want to say it's like 15 bucks, yeah, they take you through by all the departments and you know, kind of show you how we make a guitar. So if any, so, any of our listeners are over there in Memphis, you can go, uh, you can go pay 15 bucks and you can go uh, watch Paul set up guitars and play them and yeah you can uh like stare at them and make them feel uncomfortable for a while 
<laughs> I want to say, yeah, Memphis is like the only one that does tours, I think. I, I'm sure the other ones probably do, but I, I want to say I heard that somewhere. But yeah, come on, come by. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we need to come up with a little hand sign for the podcast so people know when uh, when there's yeah, another like listener around. Yeah, like a gang yeah. sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cycle home gang sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is this a gang sign podcast, Brian? Come on. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier because, uh, uh, full disclosure, we already recorded an episode and my computer died. And so we're, this is the second try. Hopefully uh, it doesn't happen again. But uh, you, you work in Final Assembly. You're saying you put together like uh, the pickups and everything. Uh, so, you know, I, I had an, uh, a hollow body guitar for a while and I always thought about swapping out the pickups. But every time I'd look at like what I would need to do, I'd have to like fish out like all the pots and the switches and everything out of the out of the yeah. f hole, and then solder it all together and try to feed it back through the f hole. Like it just seemed super daunting to me. Do, do you guys uh, put all that stuff? I always wondered if you guys put that stuff in before the guitar gets glued up, or if you have like special tools that you use to get it all in. Because you can't just do it the way that. I would have ended up doing it with like my fingers and a lot of swinging. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's uh, yeah, they're, the guitars are already constructed. The necks are obviously set, and the guitars been finished, uh, painted, everything. So uh, it's, it's all done. It's, it's ready to go, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's like the, where the bridge pickup is. There's a side window kind of cut out into the cavity. Uh -huh. So that's the spot that everything's fed through. Uh, all the controls. And the yeah, basically the controls. Uh, think of like if you took a coat hanger or like a piece of copper wire and like had a jack on the end of that. That's what's used to feed through the input hole, then through that window. Uh, you know, after you've tested the CPA and or the controls, this is what that means: control uh -huh. parts assembly uh, and the takeout nature. It all works. Uh, then you put the jack on that, and that would help you feed everything into the cavity. And there's another tool. It's like a little pitchfork, basically designed. It's kind of got a couple of bins in it, to where you can reach in the uh, in the cavity hole and uh, you know finagle the pots wherever they need to go into whatever hole they need to go. So gotcha. those are the two tools, plus a few magical incantations to get things in a semi-hollow guitar. <laughs> you do a little spell and like draw like a pentagram yeah. on the table in chalk or something like that. And yeah, I had to go to like a special Gibson Hogwarts basically. Yeah, you know, blood sacrifices and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to try. It's, it's actually pretty easy to make those tools. You can just use a coat hanger. I'm sure people have probably done them before. Sure. Even I did, but I'll try to post some pictures maybe. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Those, those ones I've made at home. They're pretty pretty ghetto rigged, but it's uh, it works. You know? Yeah, if it works. Uh, so you you yeah. must put down like uh, like masking tape or like a pad or something like that when you're feeding in the uh, exactly, the pots because yeah. you don't want to have that stuff dragging across like a virgin guitar basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's we just use like flannel that's like pieces of flannel that are like kind of folded up. You just kind of have two pieces that you can kind of drape across the guitar and it gotcha. protects it uh, while you put it in. So yeah, that's another step yeah. I would have skipped doing it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, destroyed yeah, I mean, my guitar. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely tricky without it. You kind of have to make it levitate while you put it in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, so let's get on the topic of the, the 2015 line then. Uh, you, you work on the hollow bodies, and the 2015 line that is kind of... Uh, controversial right now is out of the Nashville plant, right? That's a, a totally different plant than from you. Yeah. Uh, I talked to my boss, and he was basically saying that's pretty much a Nashville, like, USA, their custom shop type thing. Right. So you're not going to be seeing a lot of, like, mini tuners or holograms or, you know, fancy stuff like that on your on your new S335 or anything like that? No, no. Like, predominantly because a lot of stuff... Is obviously dealing with like Les Paul's 100th year birthday, uh-huh. and that's you know Les Paul is what they make up in the National Factory. Uh, a lot, you know, all the models we make are from anywhere you know like 19, I think 1930s up to like kind of 40s, 50s ish, right before the Les Paul came out. Just kind of when semi-hollow guitars were more. I mean, that was the only technology around at the time, right? You know, before like converted body stuff came along. Yeah, like converted jazz boxes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so those, you know, all those designs are going to basically remain kind of like basically like they are. Uh-huh. Uh, and so all those changes will pretty much just be to the national stuff. Um, but I, I mean, I, I talked to him for a few minutes. He said there may be one or two models we're going to do the mini tunes on, uh-huh. um, which I think were the studio models, which those already have like the plug and play circuitry, which I think a lot of natural models already have. So gotcha. It may be making those a little more, you know, modern, but uh, a lot of the changes he was saying that we're going to do to our stuff is going to be more minute things, predominantly to reuse um, things like pickup configurations using different kinds of magnets, ah. maybe your different style tuners that are more historically accurate, that kind of stuff. So, so it sounds like there are, uh, there are still going to be upgrades to the 2015 line uh, on the stuff that you guys are working on. It's just going to be different yeah. than, than the uh, the solid body stuff. Yeah, we've, and a lot of, like, uh, just for example, we've got two models right now of the ES-335 that are pretty cool. You know, we've been doing the standard, like, vintage sunburst and stuff, but we actually have one right now that has the Marzio humbuckers, cream humbuckers, actually, which I think wow. I just touched on in the last episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... uh it's like in a lemon burst, so it's like really bright and wow. it's got a really nice flame wood on it. And then the other one is called a bourbon burst. It's this really cool. It's kind of like a vintage sunburst, but it's darker, and it's uh, it's got coil taps actually on those uh, humbuckers. Interesting. Um, so that's just one example of like it's still a three thirty five, but we're just kind of changing some colors and a few features. Yeah, those sound really. So uh, those yeah. sound pretty exciting. Yeah, they're they're really nice playing guitars. Um, you know, anything else would be maybe you know some of the historic stuff. We're gonna like I was saying, change some tuners maybe or sure. um, figure out ways to make them be a little more historically accurate. But yeah, that's kind of the changes that Memphis is doing. So they're kind of a little bit different, basically, than the you know the Nashville changes. Um, right. I guess that's really because they're kind of a completely different time of the guitar's history. I guess. Right. Right. So. And yeah. you know, obviously, a completely different factory. So there, you know, there's obviously a division in yeah. in the models and and features and stuff like that. Uh, Steve and I exactly. talked a lot about the the e tuners, the robot tuners. I guess they're not technically the robot tuners. The robot tuner is the earlier model and a different thing. 
have you do you have any experience working with those? Have you installed those on anything or messed around with them at all? I haven't actually installed any. Uh, like I said, I think we are going to be putting those on a few models, so I will be learning how to do that in the future. But uh, I've messed around with them in the retail store at our shop once, and uh-huh. they're pretty cool. You know, you just hit a button and it, it tunes it up. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a ton of experience like actually use I mean, I don't have a guitar that has them on there or anything. Gotcha. But uh, you know, as far as I know they're, you know, pretty easy to use and uh you know We had we had been wondering changed out. We had been wondering mm-hmm. if there's any like cutaway in the uh in the headstock of the guitars that have that to accommodate it or like if you took if you say you wanted to swap your two thousand fifteen Les Paul uh, you wanted to mm-hmm. swap out the the electric tuners to have just standard tuners. Would there be like a a cut in the wood to accommodate some part of the the robot tuners or anything like that, or is it? Could you potentially would it look would it look stock if you put in you know regular tuners? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, uh, yeah. My boss had said they're basically a drop in unit. Uh-huh. So you know the peg head will. Uh, the peghead's basically the same as, you know, any other Gibson. So, yeah, you could totally take the whole, you know, it's not individual units, it's just one big unit. So you can right. take that whole thing out, put, you know, new tuners uh, on there. Um, I'm trying to remember right now, basically either on a list, Paul, you have like a Grover-style tuner or what we call them, we call them green keys. Okay. Uh, which pretty much the only difference, a Grover has like one screw below the tuner. So you're using six screws, and then a green key type tuner is going to use two, like one above and below uh-huh. the tuner. So you either basically have six holes or 12. Um, I can't remember right now off the top of my head if there's differences with that uh, concerning the mini tune. Right. I want to say, though, too, that the mini tune, because it's like one big unit, you can just it probably drop doesn't it need, in. It probably doesn't need any screws. Cause it's just, and then you put the washers on the top, and that's kind of what locks it to the headstock. Yeah. So really, you know, if anything, you may have to drill holes to accommodate the new tuner, uh, possibly. So it's um, it's definitely moddable to where you can take that off. Cool. Um, and I've had read some stuff about different guys doing that, too. You know, people that obviously didn't want that on other guitars. Sure. Um, so you could. And it's, they also sell the tune as a add-on mod. So I mean, it's kind of it's right. Definitely um, swappable, I guess. Is the word. So you could potentially buy a, like a 2015 Les Paul, and if you if you really hate the look or you hate the function of that of that robot tuner, you could pull it out and you could sell it. Yeah. And then you could swap in the tuners that you do want, or you could even drop that thing into. Like an older Les Paul that you might have around, like it, like if you had like a exactly. ninety-five yeah. or a ninety-eight or something, you could drop it in there and it fit just fine because it's still to the Gibson uh, route or the, the the template there for the the tuners, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's awesome. Uh, that's kind of one of the good things. It's all one kind of unit on the headstock as far as like the computer brain and whatever. Uh-huh. I want to say on other models like the robot, and there was another guitar, I think some sort of computer within the bridge that corresponded to the uh, tuners in the headstock, but this is just kind of one thing. So yeah, you could totally you know take it out, put it in yeah. uh, anything that's going to have that similar you know headstock route. 
there are slight variances, but I think most of the stuff at, at Nashville is all going to be the same. Gotcha. Headstock. Um, so that's interesting. I think I think a lot of the backlash or a lot of the complaints about the new line is maybe a lot of assumptions that the uh, the e tuners are the same thing as uh, original. A robot guitar that seemed like it was a lot more involved in as far as what was going on and the size of the hardware and you know what it did as a whole so maybe you know if people get some experience with it when these models get into the stores and they can sit down and play with them maybe it'll be not as big of an issue for so many people i honestly you yeah. know i i think that this is you know definitely an interesting uh development within gibson it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of years to see how people really feel about it how people feel about these different features uh the zero nut looks really interesting to me the new nut design have you had a chance to see that in person yet or is that an, like just a national uh, thing yeah no i haven't actually seen it um i uh i like that feature as far as the features go i do like the zero nut idea I've had more experience with zero nuts on bass. I've played bass uh -huh. for about seven years, actually. And so uh, a lot of like Warwick stuff has that now. Um, and then I had a few other kind of random obscure older basses that had zero frets. Um, so, I mean, I kind of like the idea of zero fret. It does make your notes sound a little fuller. Yeah. I think people may like that on an electric when they are um, playing maybe more open chords and stuff. Uh-huh. And you know, it has got the adjustable, uh, I think it's like a hex key or something that's used, or uh, uh -huh. maybe Phillips head. But, I mean, I think people will like that because, you know, if you're playing and you're buzzing a little bit on your first fret or something, you need to just bump it up just a little bit. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's going to make it a lot easier. It's definitely going to make it easier for us in the factory doing setups, uh -huh. you know, or people there, obviously, that would be doing setups. Um because you know, if you just have to make a few turns of the screwdriver, that's a lot better than having to find somebody with nut files or uh -huh. buying them yourself because they're kind of pricey. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, it's, that's a cool feature. I think we'll, you know, the, if people don't like it, it'll probably be because it's brass, but yeah, most of the zero, zero fret stuff is all metal, so... I like zero frets. I have a guitar that's got a zero fret, and I've played other guitars with zero frets. I think they're a neat feature. Because uh, mm -hmm. then you get the same tone throughout all your strings. Like if you have an open string, it doesn't sound different than your fretted string. Uh, the, mm -hmm. I haven't seen, obviously, in person the new Gibson Zero Fret. It sounds like it's a really kind of different take on it with the adjustability of the nut and whatnot. Yeah, it sounds really interesting to me. I'm I'm looking forward to getting to play around with one of those. Yeah, the other thing I don't know about that is if uh, is if that. Nut, the zero fret brass is able to be replaced with like a normal nut. You know? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure uh, if that's going to be doable or not, since it's obviously adjustable. But um, you know, so that might be a thing where somebody's kind of stuck with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that if the adjustability but, takes off and people really like that, then there will be variations of it in the future. Yeah, definitely with, with different sure. materials and whatnot. So what do you think of the uh, the price changes that are coming down the line with the 2015 models? Do you think it's too much of an increase, or do you think that's that's kind of normal? Um, yeah, like, we, I mean, pretty much all the prices are set by corporate. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, 
that's kind of all just kind of within their marketing and all what they, you know, how much obviously they need to make, sure. you know, to keep them going. Um, I mean, the pricing, I mean, it's, it is a little, it's, you know, a thousand dollars more in some cases, but it is a little more. Um, I think it's kind of just, I think some people even brought up some different points about like transportation of things, which you guys touched on. Uh-huh. A lot of it, I think is definitely market driven, you know, the cost of making guitar, you know, has always been more expensive in the United States than overseas. Oh yeah, I think we mentioned hitting one of those points where it's costing a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it could it even just of, be, you know, they have all these new features. It's just, you know, startup costs and development of new features and the manufacturer then yeah. could could hit into that. Uh, you know, and everything is getting more expensive these days, so they've got to keep up, you know, you know, uh, minimum wage is going up in a lot of places and the cost of living is going up. So I don't, you know, maybe somewhere along the line, they're planning on, you know, increasing benefits or pay for you guys or something, but you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I can't speak for that and I'm sure that you can't either. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, Gibson actually does have really good benefits. Does uh, it? It's been really good working there. Yeah, I mean, it's my wife used to work in benefits, and she knows like everything about it. And I've never really used it. And when we got married, she went, "Well, you have really awesome benefits." And I was like, "Great, <laughs> you know, cool deal. Up. Like, you know, let's start and have a family, you know, everything." So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's good to hear um, that uh, that they're taking good care of you. I think that's yeah, yeah. We, they've got good stuff going on there yeah. for sure i think that's um, something that you know companies should advertise more when they take good care of their employees because that means stuff to people these days you know mm-hmm. especially yeah. like benefits packages because i don't i know very few people who work and get benefits packages these days it's pretty rare yeah. like i'm self-employed and mm-hmm. i definitely do not get a benefits package <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like that sounds pretty good just you know don't even pay me just give me the benefits and i'll Make money yeah. on the side, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how how long have you worked over there? Uh, it's been right over four years, actually. Wow. Uh, I started there in September 2010. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I was an adjuster. I started as a builder, which was just putting on all the hardware and putting in pickups, which is kind of what I explained earlier. But right. Uh, hear about it. It's been a good. I kind of do both still. I build and adjust, but. I've been a technically an adjuster for a couple of years now, so. So you're uh, yeah, probably I mean, pretty good at setting up guitars at this point, kind of do it in your sleep well, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, especially with like anything that's based on Gibson. Uh, uh-huh. I uh, I've been playing. Actually, this is kind of my tenth year ish playing guitar. So, I've pretty much ever since I've played. Since somebody, the first time somebody showed me how to change strings, I've been kind of learning how to do things. Gotcha. And just kind of a lot of self-taught stuff, learning stuff off of, you know, companies' websites and forums and, you know, just having guitars and fixing them and fixing them for friends. Uh, But then once I started working there at Gibson, it, it definitely provided a much more solid platform and foundation for getting a lot better at soldering and uh, uh-huh. obviously doing setups, things like that. Just being more comfortable with higher priced guitars, especially too. And um, so, you know, I still do a little bit of working in there, you know, just really for friends, but uh, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been great to learn a lot there. I mean, I've learned definitely more about all kinds of stuff relating to the guitar, finishing, you know, construction, all that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been really great. That's <laughs> awesome, have, man. You know, yeah, I mean, it's I've really have been pretty blessed uh, with just even when I got the job and everything, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great. I'm definitely planning on working there for a really long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool, especially with those benefits. I mean, you don't want to leave those behind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do they, when you do a setup, do they have like a like an official guide of how each guitar should be set up, or is it kind of like you set each one up to feel the way that a guitar feels good to you, or is there like is it like okay. it's kind of in between that? You know. No. It, well, it's it's kind of more of like I guess it's not really necessarily whatever feels good. It's. Uh, I think I may have touched on this, like factory setups in the last one. It's kind of more of just like a step-by-step deal. Um, it's, it's kind of, I guess you do the steps, um, which I guess if you want, I can lay those out real fast, but you pretty much just put on the pneumatic, put in the tailpiece studs. The nut has already been CNC'd in the back. So there's the grooves Mm -hmm. uh, for the string slots. So you're basically just shaping the nut and then kind of, making sure those slots are the right depth. Uh, and then you string it up, you know, give that attention, adjust the truss rod, you know, check the pickup heights, uh, and the string heights kind of along the neck, and then you tune and play it. So that's that's the basic methods of everything, or what we, you know, the process, what you do on each guitar. And, you know, at that point, though, if you are playing it, you know, you're having some buzzing somewhere, you may... Uh, have to readjust something or um, it may have to get another nut, you know. So it's that whole kind of getting it to feel a certain way could, you know, comes into play, but usually a little bit later. Um, Really the plug machine and the CNC machine that we have, you know, that kind of covers most of it to where it's almost, almost done for you in a way to where once you get it strung up, things are good, should line up, you know, right. Right. Um, but in the chance that they then, don't, I mean, then you're there to kind of catch yeah, it and, exactly, yeah. you know, tweak things until it's sure. just right. Gotcha. Yeah. And too, I mean, factory setups, I know people always complain about them. I mean, like in the case, I know you talked about your hallmark and you were talking, I think, about Reverend Guitars before. Uh-huh. They have a guy do the setup here stateside. Like, you know, well, Gibson already makes their guitars in state. So, I mean, even though they're still never, you know, they're not always going to be perfect. Sure. Once they go to a shop or something, you know, hopefully those shops are kind of checking things out and making sure things are set up correctly. Right. So, yeah, factory setup is really just to make sure it's working and functional and that nothing's wrong with it. Uh-huh. Um, and really, too, if you think about it, even within the United States, sometimes guitars are going somewhere and it's like a week away. Or, right, right. You know, we ship, we ship guitars to Japan and Europe all the time and it's, you know, a couple of weeks just for them to get over there and yeah. the shipment of guitars might sit on a tarmac for a few days. You know, totally. I mean, you never know. So yeah, I mean, you know, guitars are machines. They're meant to be obviously looked at uh-huh. every, you know, couple months and retweets. So, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of my thoughts on it. <laughs> sure. I've always heard kind of a rumor that, uh, Gibson kind of does like, how do I, say this they have kind of like a general setup that they do with the assumption that when someone buys a new gibson then they're going to have uh you know someone 
or do it themselves kind of set it up to their own specs like get the nut the way they like it get the action the way they like it they have you know kind of the mentality that people are going to make it be the way that they like a guitar to be instead of you know presenting like oh here's a gibson and here's just what exactly what they're like like they leave a little bit of room like on the nut to be uh, you know formed down a little bit if people want to change it and in general stuff like that do you think that's do you think there's truth in that like it sounds kind of like it's a general setup situation kind of like that but maybe not to that extent uh sorry you're starting to break up just a little bit i think you were asking about like is it kind of understood that people will get their guitars set up even after they buy them? Is that right? Yeah. Like generally that, that's the, uh, the rumor that's gone around about Gibson about why some people might complain about the feel of a Gibson out of the box sort of thing. Well, yeah. Um, a lot of people that have the money to buy a Gibson usually will go and, you know, everybody puts a new set of strings on. Right. Um, and they're going to, I mean, most people, if they're, even semi-professionally playing are going to do that, or even if they're, like, playing in a, you know, cover band, they're probably going to do that. Right. Uh, I guess, too, to answer the question, though, if I, if I did a setup on a guitar and I got it completely, like, perfectly set up on the nut, uh-huh. the rod was all right and everything, I guess I'm kind of deferring back to what I just answered, but... Basically, in shipping, like that could completely change. Right, totally. Um, Just because of the atmosphere and temperature and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So that I guess that's what maybe I didn't explain well enough in the first place. No, that makes sense. Factory setups are, you know, they're really just to make sure that the guitar's functioning because something it could completely change. You know, gotcha. in the interim of it, in transit. Gotcha. So I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess you did already Gibson, answer. Like, you the, want to check it out? Yeah, I guess you did already answer that, and I was just asking the question to your answer. Like, <laughs> I guess people would expect, like, yeah, like I want this to come out of the box perfect because it's a Gibson, right? But you know, like, you know, you know, it depends on where you're buying it from, too. You know, yeah. like I was saying, if they're going to do a setup on it before they buy it, um, and there's so much preference then, there too. Some people are like oh, I want this to play like an 80s ripper. And some people are like, I want this to feel yeah. like a 50s guitar. You know, we only use two types of nuts where uh-huh. we're at. In uh, this we have like a nylon nut, which is on all of our historic uh, line. But then everything else is just like a Corian nut, you gotcha. know, like white, white or black Corian. So, I mean, you know, the phrase has always been bone for tone, you know, we're not putting <laughs> bone nuts on guitars. So, you know. If somebody wants a bone nut, like they're going to take it and get a bone nut on it. Um, so, you know, a lot of, I feel like, you know, definitely nut replacement is a, a big issue with a lot of people. And most of the people, they just, I mean, Corian sounds okay to me. You know, I play on them all day, of course, but uh-huh. uh, I've got some bone nuts, you know, on my acoustics and whatnot. But I also have, you know, graph tech and other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I like bone, but I mean, at the same time, Corian, it gets the job done. I mean, it, it works for me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of all I have to say on that, but, uh, <laughs> I've never personally, I've had guitars with all different kinds of nuts and I've changed nuts on guitars. I've never like changed a nut material on a guitar and noticed yeah. like a night and day difference. Like, and it, you know, it, yeah. once you get, once you hit that first fret, like you're not even on the nut anyways, 
So yeah, I'm, sure. I'm sure some people do feel a difference and, and it's a big deal to them. But for me, it's always been just like, is the, is it filed right? Is the string binding yeah. in it or is the string sliding in it? That's, those are the things that really exactly. matter to me as far as nut goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, those are definitely the more important things I would feel like, you know, yeah. um, we should probably just start putting like zero frets on everything. <laughs> I don't see why not. I think they're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make your guitar sound better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm ex- I was, like I said before, I'm excited about this adjustable nut. Uh, I'm hoping that it's really cool and it takes off and then we'll, uh, see other people come up with similar designs and start sticking them on, on, on other guitars, you know, if it's something really cool. Cause I, there's been lots of times where I've been setting up a guitar and been like, man, I just wish my nut was just a little bit higher, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. like redo a nut for this guitar right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the idea behind those adjustable nuts for the Gibsons is to, you know, is to account for that setup difference that we were just talking about. Like some people want it to feel one way and some people want it to feel another. Like, I think they're trying to accommodate more people with that design, which I think is smart. I think that's one of the the smarter things coming out of the 2015 line. Uh, Everything else is, is the stuff that people are complaining about, but I think time is going to tell whether or not those things Mm -hmm. are big issues or not. Uh, The hologram thing is just, it's not a big deal. I mean, that's the part that people joke about, but it's, there's really like, who cares? Like all sorts of guitars have, you know, different like anniversary markers on them and stuff. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. The the concerns about the e-tuners don't sound like they're that big of a deal because it sounds like you can swap them out or sell them if you want. Uh, you know, you might actually find out that you like them, but if you do have the money that you spend on a 2015, and you want the classic look, it sounds like you can take it off and uh, put in the tuners that you do like. It sounds like there might not even be mounting holes for the thing. So that's kind of fun news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, everything should be in the clear. That's a guitarist, you know, really popularizes them, and then everyone's going to want them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to, yeah, some guy is going to make it part of his uh, part of his set where he, like, dramatically changes tuning on the same guitar in the middle of his song. And everyone's going to be like, oh, man, you got to get that E-tuner so you can play that song. And, yeah. and then everyone's going to have one. And then, you know, Fender's going to make one. And then Jackson and Ibanez are going to make one. And everyone's going to have one. And <laughs> it's true. You know. And Goda's going to make an aftermarket one. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the pricing goes, uh, yeah, some of them are getting expensive. But uh, sounds like Paul's getting good, taking good care of it. He's got uh, benefits and everything. So you guys can rest easy knowing that that money is ending up in somebody's pocket <laughs> as long as someone's getting it right. And it's just not yeah, I mean, disappearing it's somewhere. It's a good use for my family. We're about to have another baby. So yeah, you got to have no, that. No worries there. Everybody's having yeah. babies these days, I swear. I just had a baby. Yeah. Steve is going to have a baby. You're about to have a baby. Everyone's having babies. Hey, it's part of life, you know. So. Yeah. It's that time of our lives where we listen to guitar podcasts and make babies <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, thankfully, too, I, I have a job, you know, at Gibson where I can just listen to music or podcasts and stuff. So, 
Uh-huh. Uh, I, must, I have to say I've enjoyed listening back. Um, there's been so many laughable moments where people look at me and they're like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm like, I just heard the like most ridiculous emails come back ever, you know, about the uh, spreading or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. you guys are definitely doing a good job. Thanks, man. Uh, Keeping things funny, but at the same time, y'all are providing a lot of good insight too. So oh, we try. I mean, you know, we we get stuff wrong, but you know, we're we're open to correction. <laughs> like we know that a lot of time we're just you know talking out of our ears, but it's you know that's part of yeah. the fun. It's you know we're we're trying to be you know everyone's uh, you know gear buddy, where you know you might yeah. not you might not have a friend who you can talk to this stuff about, and we're kind of like the person that you can talk to them about. Your uh, your weird gear fascinations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for writing us, Paul, and thanks for getting on the horn with us. Uh, this episode's going to yeah, be man. up. I think right. I'll, I think it'll be up first thing tomorrow morning, Friday morning. Uh, awesome. I don't think we've got anything else to talk about. This is getting close to turning into a regular episode. We're at like forty minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a little oh, bit closer sorry to the, about that. We're a little bit for outside of a mini episode, but you know, it's still shorter than normal. I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed yeah. listening. Uh and uh you're getting uh, some extra episodes in this week. You get a Friday episode and then you're going to get a Monday episode coming up, you know, a couple of days from now. All right. Uh see you guys on Monday. <laughs>